0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Marvin's World Podcast. A podcast where you speak to scrumptious and tantalising people. People who are people like you and me. With what we love, a full-time job. <laughs> Today we have an absolutely vavavum and turquoise guest. Her name is Anna Beos. She is an amazing comedian. She's a comedian that's come all the way from Australia and she's been mesmerizing crowds in Germany. They seem to have fallen in love with her and today we're about to find out her fascinating and intriguing story. Hello, Anna.
1: Oh my God, that's an amazing introduction. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, va va was that? You wrote va <laughs> va incredible. It
0: sounded it sounded spicy and it sounded good so I thought I'd say.
1: Oh yeah it sounded very like Pepi Le Pew uh, some old school you know sexist cartoon it was great I, I really I'm gonna remember that forever.
0: Well I mean I remember watching a uh, TV on me in a car advert and he said something about bravo voom so I thought oh that's a nice <laughs> word or whatever and I'll keep it.
1: He made it less sexy with that reference.
0: Oh okay you don't like TV on me he's not your type.
1: No, no, just like a car advertisement. Come on. Okay.
0: You, you wanna? (laughs) If I said BMW, that would have been okay.
1: (laughs) May no. Even then, I was just like I was seeing way more like uh, Jessica Rabbit. You know, like some like sleazy piano saxophone music and this cartoon like raccoon or dog pouncing along and being like, blah, blah, boom. and yeah,
0: anyway. <laughs> yeah, looking good. Yes, is that a new bit you're gonna write?
1: <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it's way better than your car advert inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
0: Now, yeah, thank you for coming on. And like, this is a bit like Just as Your Life in the UK program. I mean, like, tell us a bit about yourself and about how you ended up in Germany and what what led you to comedy.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I moved to Berlin uh, in the start, at the start of 2016, and um, i just left my ex-husband uh, in Australia. Oh. Um, and I'd always planned to move to Europe because I actually studied uh, Japanese and Italian. Okay, the Japanese doesn't make sense. But I, yeah, I studied Japanese and Italian at university. So the plan was always to leave Australia, uh, and it took like a really toxic marriage divorce to get me to do that and i was going to move to italy and then i just fell in love with berlin when i visited um, six months before i decided to move here and uh and i came here to play music i wanted to develop my creative side musically and then because there's really no live music scene here like except for electro Um, I ended up becoming friends with uh, comedians and and going to stand-up comedy shows and realizing that these people uh, were cool and I could relate to them and they were turning their, 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 you know, sadness and, and trauma into, into, you know, hilariousness and hilarity and like good vibes and, um, I was like, you know what, instead of like writing songs and poetry, like I wanna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do comedy. And then basically my life spiraled even more out of control and uh, got to the point where doing a an open mic was, uh, I had nothing left to lose really. Like I had no no dignity anymore. I, I was just like, let's do it. Like, I'm not gonna like shame, whatever. And, uh, and yeah, and jump straight in and, fell in love with it and uh, I finally felt like I'd found what I want to do with all of my energy.
0: Okay. So you are basically a bit like when some when you're really drunk at night, you drink a lot of alcohol and many of us have had it, you know, like you need to piss or go to the toilet be like, right, there's no toilet there. Just let it all out.
1: Just, just let it out. Just, just, yeah. On your friend, just for <laughs> them, it's fine. Like <laughs> who, who needs a toilet? <laughs>
0: yeah of course <laughs> no.
1: yeah so that urine is a metaphor for my pain and uh that friend is like is is, is the world in berlin and uh but like you know the, the 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 urine then nourishes the earth and creates like life and goodness and that's laughter and comedy are we gonna go with that yeah. yeah so I, I started um i did uh, my first stand-up set in uh, january 2018 so it took me two two years in berlin to really uh do all the drugs and make all the mistakes and have all the bad relationships and you know go down with a few businesses and lose a lot of money and uh and then i started comedy so it's been three years now oh
0: okay i mean there's there's quite a few things that i'd like to unpack uh <laughs> No. Uh,
1: so, what do you mean like there's nothing there
0: <laughs> no there is a few interesting things because like so i want to look at perhaps was there anything during your time growing up when you were a child to when you became an adult that you think may have led you to this and also there's an electro scene but what about the Beatles? they spent years training here
1: well in in berlin well in yeah. germany i think in germany and david bowie and, um, uh, Lou Reed spent some time here and, uh, Nick Cave. And the thing is that they didn't, you don't become something here in music. You develop, like, it's like you, uh, it seems like in history, you develop some skills and then you leave and you go somewhere else. And, and that, like that lifts you, but you can't, you can't be like become a practicing musician here. You can't get the practice here. Whereas for comedy, Berlin's got the biggest English language stand-up open mic scene in continental europe so this is the place where you can really practice comedy but practicing live music Mm -mm. Mm. but um uh, it just doesn't have the venue set up like i think in terms of neighbors and and uh, building structures that bars can't have um and it's just the culture bars can't really have these bands coming through and playing like band, band, band. It's just, I think um, you need to have a really big venue and, and isolation, sound, sound isolation and stuff like that. But um, in terms of my childhood, growing up, uh, I actually have a memory in primary school where, one of my earliest memories in primary school, a girl came up to me and I don't know what happened before, but she said, you're a comedian. And I didn't know what the word meant. And I was like, what's a comedian? And then I remember later my mom telling me that a comedian was someone who made jokes. And I was like, okay. But um, I ended up at uni, when I, when I did my Japanese and Italian major, I ended up writing a thesis on Italian comedies and how Italian com- like comedies changed from the 50s, 60s and 70s to the 80s and 90s. And what this like comedic flip was or yeah, and how society changed comedy so yeah like I guess that there was always always this kind of path getting built like I always worked in in bars and restaurants so always kind of like performing to people in a way and then I became an English teacher which is taking control of a room and standing in front of it and talking to a bunch of strangers and uh and so all these kind of things I think paved the way and yeah uh why um Sort of like get it like the actual getting up and talking in front of people not a problem for me at all like there's been no fear of public speaking it's just the having faith that what i'm saying is worthy of the audience's time that's that that was the that was the yeah i don't think every comedian should feel that (laughs) but the actual performative stuff was very it was like okay okay
0: and like what what is it about Germany when well, we spoke before? But you just fell in love with Germany. Like, what is it about Germany that made you go like, Oof, I've got to be here?
1: It's the recycling. It's just the recycling <laughs> system. <laughs> <laughs> It's really really like the you know there's different bins for each type of, of rubbish and you know they just go in the right place um, so as a white woman I feel like i'm I'm really saving the world um, no uh, it's it's also Berlin's this extremely extreme that's too much but it's a very progressive culture here um, in Berlin itself uh, Germany as a whole is is you know I can't speak for Germany as a whole um, or I could but I don't really have the the time in other cities to feel like I know uh, I'm an authority on it. But Berlin uh, is is pretty is pretty you know um, there's lots of there's lots of creative people here. There's lots of creative projects that happen. There's an energy here, and I think it's the same energy that allowed. You know the 1920s and and world war ii to happen this this energy of like you can make what you what you imagine happen and uh and so you know there's a lot of like this is one of the centers for startups startup businesses and it has been for the last like five years at least Um, and then in terms of like film and, and, and visual art and then the electro scene and now comedy, there is this energy here and every, you know, it's, it's so easy to meet people, maybe not Germans, (laughs) but it's so easy to meet other people who are interested in sharing ideas and, and not judging you for your ideas. There's a sense of freedom here that you can be and exist how you want um and so like you can walk down the street and be on the on the train here wearing whatever you want and people will look and like just no just no reaction on the face it's not like the uk where yeah like my parents live in london and for me the uk is just it's just like it's like uh granddaddy australia Culturally, it's exactly the same and it, it, for me, that's just boring. It's like, okay, English culture. I, I get it and It's it's not there isn't this like looseness and yeah, you know, there's something about German culture that allows um, Like okay, you can you can do you that's that's fine. Uh, I'll, I'll do me here and uh, that's that's fine It's not like everybody can form or at least in Berlin. That's how it feels oh. And what? so you you haven't been to berlin no not yet <laughs> you're gonna have to come and do a bunch of stand-up here
0: oh i'd love to come i'll yeah. do i do different than what we saw in the headquarters night. normally i do a bit of magic and more of a like do magic and other things
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the stuff i do <laughs>
1: you never cease to surprise me that's uh i didn't expect i thought you were gonna say like you know usually i do like written material that's been polished and practiced and gets laughs but you say magic okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) but i mean yeah i mean i'm fascinated by germany and and i I mean yeah there's some interesting people i hear yeah i mean just so many great artists i said have gone there and the thing that really I'm not surprised what you're saying, them being quite liberal. Um, but how does that compare to Australia? Because I hear that Australians are also quite easygoing as well.
1: Not. Oh, now, I wouldn't say that Berlin's easygoing. Like, it's got this foundation of, like, German-ness. And that allows for infrastructural, you know, um, efficiency is maybe too much of a stereotype and actually not true. But it's like there's an infrastructure here, like a, a system That supports people so there's the health insurance system there's like pretty pretty good laws and the police are good and and the education and the the economy is all right um there's recycling get back to the recycling thing um and like in terms of politics you know here politics are um are really talked about and people care and so there's a lot of um like it's really in the air and, and 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 that's probably the biggest difference with Australia is that um, Australia is very conservative politically and very, you know, I think the average Australian is really interested in maintaining their um, sense of security and stability, uh, whereas in Germany, like Germany accepted so many refugees uh, from Syria, like just so many, and, and, and there's this real um, uh, migration, like immigration, um, uh, like flow and, um, and, and, and real mix of different people and, uh, and not so like, of course there's Islamophobia everywhere and there's like xenophobia everywhere. But, um, the way that, that Germany has been, um, with, with, with immigration is just one example of how progressive Germany is compared to Australia and Australia is extremely, um, uh, just wanting to protect uh, you know the people that are that were already there and um, although not the original owners there 's just yeah, yeah. It, Australians are laid back but it's um, it 's this kind of ignoring ignoring the political situation and um, and and kind of apathetic around protecting um, you know people who are less fortunate rights
0: but, uh-huh. so you said that before we sort of start the podcast that the german scene is really packed in terms of it's got a lot of english-speaking comedy scenes and comedians and it's got a massive also german speaking scene as well and how did massive
1: you is that? yeah yeah sorry mm-hmm. i wouldn't say the german scene's massive like we're in germany so there's a, the german scene but there's um like compared to the english scene uh, it's not massive like the english scene is actually bigger than the german scene
0: yeah if that makes sense but also so in, in in berlin itself there's more english speaking comics than german right. speaking comics
1: yeah oh yeah 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 like quite a bit quite a bit more like i've got a friend um hans talhammer who really wants me to do german comedy like there's a there's there's a thing where if you do german comedy and you get a good 15 minute set you will get booked for the biggest and you're good you will get booked for the biggest club real quick that's the way to make money if you want to make money as a comedian in Germany, you do german comedy like be good at it you've got to be good at it of course but um boom you'll be on t v shows there's like a there's like an eighteen year old or nineteen year old now comedian german comedian um and she yeah she got super famous uh really quickly and I think she had maybe maybe fifteen minutes of like of really like grade grade a material and that was it well
0: and then the rest of the 45
1: they all left (laughs) Well, well the thing is then there's this thing in german comedy where they like write a text like they'll and this is also in like i've seen this in italian comedy and i think also in french comedy where they'll just write a whole text and then they'll they'll practice that whole thing and it's very different to the english scene where we will you know we'll we'll write a joke and then we need to refine that joke over maybe 30 different sets at different <laughs> different open mics and that one joke will change and change and change and you can't just write a whole a whole text and practice that it's like each piece is you know and they it it, it works differently whereas the Germans will um yeah will write a whole 20 minute set and work and 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 yeah practice that and do that in the big clubs it's Germany also has this um, tradition of cabaret which is kind of like uh, it's not cabaret it's like a it's like comedy but it's more theatrical (laughs) and it's um, very like satirical and it's very political and um and it's yeah it's much more it's more wordy so there's this uh, in the german scene there's this real kind of um cross-pollination of this uh, traditional comedic form that they have and the new well new for them the outsider influence of us and british stand-up comedy
0: oh so they've they had the theater-based comedy before traditional stand-up yeah. oh that's interesting because the UK's sort of seen us mostly the other way
1: yeah it was what they they had english they had english stand-up comedy and then what's the other form cabaret no
0: like cabaret stuff i mean that's that's more. when you say
1: cabaret stuff are you talking more like burlesque stuff like theatrical stuff or
0: yeah sort of weird weird and wonderful comedy not like straight stand-up like just anything that's that's comedy but that not straight stand-up we've just set up a punchline.
1: like more like um mighty bush like mighty Boosh style is that what you kind of mean something like that yeah um yeah yeah and actually in australia there's quite a wave of like um prop prop um prop comedians you know they're always pulling out props on stage and doing like more of this kind of abstract slightly theatrical stuff that is not um I don't believe that cabaret has that element to it that's how ignorant i am i don't even know but i'm i'm pretty sure it's way more um just verbose like it's it's yeah it's just words and i don't think it's so much so much um characters and stuff but i yeah i don't know i need to i need to research it i guess <laughs> uh-
0: yeah, that's, that's, we've got a lot of that in the UK, especially in the Edinburgh Fringe. And you yeah. got to go when it's on. It's an amazing festival. Some of the best performers, not just comedians in the world, go there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wanted to go there last year, but then... Hmm.
0: COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Does, does, does Germany have any sort of festival like that? Or is there any sort of things like that going on?
1: There's been a few. Um, well, I don't know for the German scene book but for uh, the English scene there has been a few attempts at there's like the Berlin Fringe Festival which is really just run I think at one venue and we get um, some more international acts over Uh, but there has been talk over the years of creating a proper um, a proper a proper Berlin comedy festival but yeah it hasn't happened yet. So how, how does...
0: You said that there's a one thing i'm really intrigued by you said that there's a quite a a cross-pollination with the english speaking comedy scene and the german comedy scene Mm. so how does that work because i got a friend over in germany called tyrone do you know him yeah Yeah, that was a silly question to ask but yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah how does that work so how does the cross-pollination sort of work tell us about that
1: (laughs) yeah so basically um um mm. so basically uh with this huge pool of english language comedians um most of us are expats uh there's not a lot of upward um like mobility potential as an english language comedian in berlin like where are we gonna go what's the you know we can run shows we can tour europe um uh, but we haven't really the scene's about 10 years old we haven't really figured out or built the 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 next um level on on the on the structure um and uh and so what happens is there's this german scene um which is yep there's like a big big um uh comedy club in berlin called quatsch comedy club and so people um there's like there's tv basically there's tv so the next step is um if german if english language comedians in Berlin wanna make money, they start doing German comedy so then they can, um, yeah, make money. And that means getting on TV, performing at these paid clubs, uh, touring Germany with it. And then there'll be the German comedians who um, wanna do English comedy because once you sort of get into um, a better position in the German scene, you realize that, oh, oh german comedy is just for germany and and austria and that's and switzerland that's as far as this is going to go this is that's as once i'm on tv in in germany and austria that's that's i've peaked kind of thing uh whereas there's this huge wide world of english language comedy there's the states and there's the uk there's australia and india and there's these huge markets that you can um move to and much more money say in hollywood so then often the german comedians will then drop down into the english language scene here and try to work on english stuff so that they can then shoot with their already like kind of celebrity status in the german scene shoot into uh the english language scene in a different country like the us or the uk
0: so does do germ do you know of mitchy mitmeyer or something like that he's mm. gigged with
1: Eddie Izzard oh yeah 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 I, I know that I know the name I know someone who knows um, who's yeah performed alongside Eddie Izzard as well but I, yeah, I don't know
0: I'll show you a picture of him he's on he's I think he's he's a German comedian who I admire and a bit jealous of
1: but um, let's have a look Mitchie Mich- right, I'm going to turn my heating up because it's cold in Berlin Worse than the UK, is it? Oh, yeah. It's way colder here at the moment. Well, hold on. Where are you? UK. No, but where? Wimbledon. You're, okay, you're London. All right. Um, yeah, it's way, it's way colder in Berlin at the moment. We've had minus, like, uh, minus 10, minus 12 over the last week. And we've had snow for, like, the last... Uh, we've got snow completely covering everything outside. <laughs> and it's been like that for, like, five days now.
0: Are you lying? no you can
1: google it um the best way like i learned so i learned german um uh from a tandem partner i um i spent my first year here and uh i ended up in hospital and i i uh was in hospital because i had this problem in my i had an abscess in my throat And so not only could I not really speak anyway, but nobody spoke English in the hospital like the big head doctors did But all the nurses all of the other patients that I was around nobody spoke English And uh, it was this point where I was just like far out. I really need to get my German up to up to scratch so, um, I made this friend like I knew there was this friend of mine um so my best one of my oldest friends she lives here and she was working um for this refugee like doing some volunteer work for a refugee integration program so basically meeting up with Syrian dudes and being like no you can't say that to women and um and so she befriended one of these guys and uh and we'd been at a party together and he'd done his first he did his first line of of Ketamine or something with us and like blew it everywhere and we had a chat and found out he was this Syrian guy And he didn't speak any any English He only spoke German because he had to learn it when he arrived in in, in Berlin And so we talked at this party. It was like well, maybe we should do a language exchange And so after this hospital experience, I asked my best friend I'm like I need that guy's number like I need to speak with someone who doesn't speak any of my other languages uh and so and and he actually needs english so let's let's do this so yeah usam he spoke he speaks yeah he only spoke arabic and german and i spoke my languages so we had to speak to each other in the in the languages that we were trying to learn and so that's how i really learned german just by meeting up with someone and them and us trying to get to know each other him speaking english and me speaking german
0: And is that the process you learned with the other languages as well or? No,
1: no, they were were pure academic uh, in high school and university studying language books, um, you know, practicing with partners, sure, but just like textbook school language learning. So what made you wanna study those languages? Uh, They were, so at my high school, um, we were offered Italian, Japanese or French and I didn't like the French teacher. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that was it really and I I really loved all of the languages but I just didn't didn't like the French teacher Mrs Bragg so yeah I like I was the only I was the only I was the only um student who studied two languages through to the end and um yeah and I think it's probably the most useless um bachelor degree uh but you know I did it <laughs> I thought about I thought about changing when I finished high school and being like, let's do something more useful like Arabic and Indonesian, Um, but then I would have started at a really low level and I already had this high level of Italian and Japanese so I could graduate with a higher level.
0: what has been like some of the hard bits you mentioned a bit already about being in a hospital and doing all that but what have been how hard has it been to acclimatize to germany and what what were your struggles into comedy to get where you are now Mm -hmm.
1: yeah um hmm. i think um getting used to germany uh came a bit later i think my first um My first two years in Germany were, in terms of dealing with Germany, were easy. I think this country is so accepting, Berlin is so accepting of foreigners. Um, It's very easy to get a visa. It's very easy to, you know, get a job if you have a good work ethic. It's very easy to find a place to live. Like, people complain about it because they're spoiled brats. But if you treat it seriously, like, you can, it's, it's not hard. You just have to read and try. Um, so the struggles that I had though, that got me into comedy, because <laughs> of course there's always struggles <laughs> before you get into comedy, uh, to get to that point where you have nothing left to lose. Um, so I, uh, I came over here with the, the idea that I was gonna be an English teacher. I was already an English teacher in Australia um but the deal is here that you can only work as an english teacher as a freelancer and then there's this crazy expensive health insurance you have to pay so freelance teaching work is very unstable and uh and then and then the health insurance is expensive then i also so i ended up doing other jobs um but like for my visa i was an english teacher so i ended up hopefully no one in immigration ever listens to this, but I ended up managing, like I started working at a bar in the first week that I arrived here. And then that bar turned into like a restaurant and that restaurant was like, it became like a chain. It was connected to another restaurant. And then it had like this food processing, um, not like a factory, but yeah, it was a Texas barbecue restaurant. And I ended up managing these two restaurants and doing the marketing. I was like the marketing operations manager for the whole thing. And uh, it was a terrible concept. I didn't agree with it, but I ended up going down with the business as we were trying to make it work. We hired all of these stuff. I had to fire them all. I ended up firing like 10 people. I ended up being the person in the kitchen, like like cutting up big chunks of like you know, pork shoulder as a vegan at the time. Um, and then I was working the bar and cooking burgers and cutting up meat and trying to run events to save this business and um, And then uh, and then they didn't pay me (laughs) It was like four euro that I lost and um and I Was also then going through like a going through a hard time with the boyfriend that I had and uh, and then there was like I realized that I didn't want to take drugs anymore And so there was obviously this whole like partying history that was leading like running concurrently with that and uh, and yeah, and that's what basically um Yeah, then jumping into like these other jobs and 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 um trying to survive and pay my bills and keep my visa and, uh, yeah, that's, that's what led me to do comedy. And it was actually, um, the boyfriend that I had at the time, he lived with a comedian that is a good comedian here, Toby Asalan, And he was the one that was like, Anna, just do a set, just do a set, just do a set. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Shit's crazy enough right now. I'm going to do a set.
0: And how did you go about, how did you go about developing? So, like, who was the person before you did comedy and who's the person now?
1: Uh, hold on. So, there's two things. Two things that, like, how did I develop? Or, as in, like, how have I changed as a comedian? Yeah. Um, I think I've just. Yeah? I'm person. Huh?
0: I'm person as well.
1: Um, so, I think when I started doing i think when everyone starts doing comedy they don't really know their voice they don't they don't have any confidence in what their unique perspective or who they are is uh who they yeah they don't really know who they are and they don't know what what their perspective is so i think um like in doing comedy I my whole life has changed completely so from where I started where I was with that boyfriend and like jumping across hospitality jobs and um you know still like connected to this drug culture and partying and smoking weed every day and yeah all of that stuff um when comedy came along uh it was like okay this is what's important to me but I didn't know exactly what I was trying to achieve with it. Like what my message was, what my voice was. There's that whole thing of trying to find your voice as a comedian. And um, and yeah, and so within six months of doing comedy, I left that boyfriend. I almost moved to the UK and then decided, no, I actually need to stay in Berlin so I can practice. This is the best place to practice. And, uh, and then within a year, I started producing my own shows um and was getting like and was getting booked for shows as well which was cool and um and by then i like leaving that boyfriend he was always like Anna, don't write jokes about sex you're sexy enough you can you don't need to like (laughs) his words you don't need to talk about sex just you being up on stage people are already thinking about it and i was like yeah, but like, it's what I'm writing jokes about. Like, I'm going to naturally go for what's coming into my head. Like I'm going to write about my experiences and my perspective. And, um, and so once I left him, I really allowed myself to just like go, go deep into um, what I thought was funny. And my humor, my comedy is very, um, like there's a lot of sex stuff. It goes dark it's very dark it's very sexual not sexual but it's like it touches on sex stuff because also i have quite a strong political message and it's really about sex positivity and you know that that um as a female being as you know just being me and 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 uh with all of my sexual you know <laughs> misadventures or whatever having no shame about that and making jokes and you know so yeah um so from where he from where this boy ex-boyfriend was like don't talk about sex within six months of uh that me me ending that i had a comedy show called glory hole comedy i had adults only comedy um and uh what was the other one that i had there was another one um Oh, I've forgotten. Oh, yeah. And I also had a, a show called Sexy Voice Comedy, which wasn't my concept at the start, um, but it was quite funny. Comedians had to try and be sexy when they did their sets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That work? Look, hello, my name is Jim. I went to the park the other day. And <laughs> I went to the park the other day. Uh, it didn't work because you can't be funny and sexy. Like it doesn't, but it was, it was a really, it was great. Like it was really cringy. Um, what I did, what did work was when people did accents because you know, certain accents can be sexy. So I can do some jokes in a French accent, which um, is fun. Um, and so yeah, or people did characters, you know, uh, whilst doing their usual set. So it was a really experimental mic. Um, yeah, and so yeah, and so since like when I started producing shows, then um, yeah, then I've just become more and more solidly, like my, my voices, um, like I do a lot of crowd work. I talk to the crowd a lot when I'm, when I'm hosting, but also when I do a set, it's, I really believe that comedy is a, a dialogue doesn't mean that I want to hear the the audience's opinions all the time, but I will, you know, it, it's very, I, I need to read how they are and I want to interact with them to have them involved. And, um and so uh yeah, there's my, there's my, you know, dark sexually um, slanted uh, material, but it's, it's, it's very um, interactive kind of, I would say like Joan Rivers, I, I hadn't, you know I hadn't thought of that reference myself someone else said it but um yeah it, and so that's how I've progressed as a comedian and like not trying to go straight like going political or not trying to do all that like really wrapping any kind of political message I have in a, in a way that yeah means like that that's easy for everyone to digest and then realize that they're laughing at themselves
0: <laughs> um that's that's quite an interest well that's that's awesome i mean this, the name of glory hall comedy that is quite something like.
1: <laughs> yeah so the concept behind that show was uh well yeah my comedy is always going to be like dirty let's say um but the concept was uh the creme de la creme of berlin's english language comedians and it was a paid show and I really wanted to make sure I could pay the comedians each time because um, like the other club that was running um, that sort of pays comedians regularly uh, will often get out of town comedians instead of local talent. And so I really wanted to set up a, a monthly show where I would pay local comedians. And so it was the best of the best, the creme de la creme, the glory hole of Berlin comedy.
0: Hey, and you know, if if my name is Bob, and I want to s- start in the German scene, what no. advice would you give to Bob
1: to start in the German scene? Do you mean German language scene, or do you mean the the English like, language
0: scene? The Berlin scene. Just just you know, you I'm new. I want to get started. How would you do it? And actually, and, also yeah, how would you start in the German scene too?
1: Well, I don't know that path yet because I haven't done it. Um, but essentially, just Uh, there are a couple of shows non-pandemic times there's a couple of shows that you just show up and you write your name down Um, and uh, so there's a show called Sunday Slips happens every Sunday and uh, and there's a couple of other shows although everything's been so uh, sort of not solid and like between lockdowns we did like uh the shows that i produced the shows that um some other producers do we were doing double shows for example like a six o'clock sitting and an eight o'clock sitting so we could do two shows before 10 p.m um but then a lot of shows just disappeared so anyway i would go to i would tell bob to go to to the show up to sign up shows and uh and talk to people (sighs) talk to people and uh and then uh, bef- and then all the other shows you need to sign up on Facebook and until you get given a spot um, you should probably go to those shows and introduce yourself to the host and be present and uh, and keep going to the shop to sign up shows to practice and until you get seen and recognized as someone who's really trying to do comedy uh, it, it will take until then before you get a spot at a, a sign up show online
0: Uh, And one thing I want to ask you is, like, um, what have been some amazing, weird, uh, nightmare stories and, like, amazing stories during your time in Germany and the German comedy scene?
1: Amazing, amazing or nightmare whilst in the comedy scene. That's a yeah i don't know i feel like since i um since i've been doing comedy i'm so focused on comedy that i my crazy stories are not so um okay okay i ran a show i ran a show called um called derna comedy like derna like derna kebab and uh i i don't say this like comedians in the scene talk about it as this like oh my god derna comedy was so much fun like it was this so it was out the back of this derna shop in this um big open air garden and the vibe was great you know everyone could get like two euro beers for the whole you know like it was like drinking from a and a a corner store you know like from an off-license and uh and then eat and you know people would often eat twice and just be drinking and and the the people that would sit out the back um weren't always there for the comedy and so there was a lot of like crazy interactions and one night there was uh this table of old russian men that were just sitting there drinking vodka like just drinking vodka and and beer and talking loudly and i was constantly I was the host of the show and I was constantly trying to tell them to be quiet, but they didn't respect me at all. And so we had comedian after comedian, like talking shit about them and then like interacting with them and um, yeah. And they were very disruptive. And one of these guys got so drunk that he actually fell off his stool and like knocked the whole table over. And at that point, the whole audience just turned around. (laughs) 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 That was, that was pretty, that was pretty amazing. Um, But yeah, in terms of like my, my, my personal, like personal crazy experiences, I think my life was way crazier before I did comedy. Because before I did comedy, I would party quite seriously. And I would... Uh, do some crazy things like um, you know the polyamorous dating apps you know I got I got some stories doing those kinds of things or um, not so many sex parties here but definitely like a couple you know um, but in terms of the comedy world um, and crazy or nightmare nightmare stories I've definitely bombed, like I've done some, I've done some horrible bombing moments, you know. Um, and that's always a nightmare. Oh, so there's the the Berlin New Stand Up Award. And that was a, a competition that was set up uh in my first year of comedy. So uh it happened the start of 2019. And um and yeah, I I did my heat. uh So I got, we were just in the heats. It was in the heats, and I did my set. And within within twenty sec within ten twenty seconds of being on stage, I knew that the audience hated me. I just like felt it immediately. It was packed. It was packed. All the comedians in the scene were super competitive. People were texting each other. It was like it felt like high school. I hated it. I hated it. And so <sighs> so yeah, I did this set. I I I, I bombed. I bombed i bombed in this competition and then i got super stoned and drunk straight afterwards and i was a total bitch to all of my friends who were competing because i was just emotionally distraught. i was just like i wasn't a total bitch i was a bit of a bitch to one one friend i was just like yeah like how did you do it like your writing's not that good (laughs) like i was just so bitter i was so not okay (laughs) and uh, and then after that i had this huge spiral and breakdown and um it was only for a couple of days but i was super depressed and it just felt so bad like i yeah the the self-loathing that a comedian can feel after bombing is something else and that was one of the hardest ones i think mm.
0: yeah it's it's funny when it bombs goes quite badly it's worse though when you're a host though when you bomb as a host that's a lot worse i feel that that's you know when you bomb by yourself fair enough you yeah but when you're bombing as a host it's like oh fuck this shit night is because of me
1: <laughs> <laughs> i i want to be like a total obnoxious um yeah like not yeah totally obnoxious <laughs> um douchebag and be like <sighs> I like, I don't know what that would feel like. <laughs> but I mean, as a host. But I know like in my early days, I definitely had, you know, like moments in hosting where my crowd work was not great at all. Or like saying one of my jokes that's really dark and sexual and the audience just being like, mm, not with me at all. Um, but I feel like, yeah, with, with hosting, like, yeah. If crowd work and making the making the crowd like you can be almost easier than delivering material is, is easier than delivering material to a crowd that you've had no control over before you get up there
0: okay and one of the things i want to ask about you is and this is perfect question to follow up on everything is what do you love and hate about comedy
1: yeah um what i hate i guess is the competitiveness you know we all it seems to feel between comedians like there's this small little pie and sometimes you know when someone else gets some success there's this um competitiveness or this this bitterness like oh oh you got that opportunity that means that i didn't get that opportunity that means that you're more successful than me and it's like that's such a it's such a shame like it's such a shame that we we feel like that and um as opposed to being a, we feel like, like, I try not to feel like that. Like I I like to, I recently saw a comedian um, get a great opportunity, a friend. And I was like, the first thing was like, the first reaction is, is this like, ah, but then it's like, then I think I've moved quite quickly to a, I'm really happy for them. And I think the more that we can practice that, the, and the more supportive we can be of our fellow comedians, um, the better. I think that's the, That's the only thing. And like, it can, yeah, like I've had some really nasty things said to me by people that are supposed to be my friends. Um, And so, you know, there can be a little bit of a a nastiness in the community, but um, I think we're working on it. But what I love about, what I love about comedy is, is, is just like a, you know, uh that that feeling that you get after you've had a good night and the audience loves you and the comedians love you and everyone feels like they've had a good set and the audience has made friends with each other and everyone wants to stay back in the bar for like the next five hours and just the energy like this this kind of like honey that's dripping across everybody and connecting everyone i i love i love what how comedy brings people together
0: yeah so when everyone's going ha 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 and you made it you're like oh yeah baby
1: (laughs) i'm wet yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but it's really the 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 connectedness the connection that it creates it's the seeing how people feel heard and, and feel understood and seeing them make new friends even if it's just for you know an hour it's like it's seeing how it brings people together and that energy is just that's what i do it for
0: and what I, one thing i want to ask you what would you say are your key values in life like in terms of yourself and in terms of the people you meet and work with or having your friend
1: key values yeah i thought when you sent me this i was like key values so like what is important to me like uh, can you give me an example of some of your key values
0: so um before when i run comedy shows i was just focused on people that were good and what's it called um yeah that was it really but now or did a good job but now it's all about I want them really well, but I also want them, they've got to respect me and I've got to respect them. I've got to trust them. And they've got mm-hmm. to trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we have to get on. But I think it's those four things, everything else I'm generally quite easy with, but as long as those four things are met, then I'm happy.
1: Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I agree with It's Yeah. Just hearing that you make me think of like, um, a value that I've realized, uh, applies to everything, um, in life as well. This idea of trust and, um, respect, uh, yeah, that relationship, for example, with, with anybody in my life. Um, but let's say as a producer, um, I need to be able to trust that person by how our relationship has been looked after and, and gone. Not, it's, I will not judge anybody based on, someone else's experience of that person so i like that's i think something really really important i'm not sure um like i feel like i learned that a little bit late you know probably only like four years ago i realized yeah only judge a person based on your experience of them and the relationship um that you've built together and how they've been with you what they do with other people so like you know there are comedy clubs that ban comedians and then other comedian other comedy clubs will just follow that. And it's like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. Like I will never ban someone from my club until they do something, or at my show until they do something that at my show. Like I'm not gonna just listen to other people's um what other people say about someone. Um, but okay, my values uh it's it's just such a big question like it's <laughs> um i agree with all your things i guess values in life like i i for me to spend time with people you know that needs to be um i need to real. i need to feel energized by um their presence i need to feel like they are um empathetic or like you know reading situations and yeah so empathy um stimulation uh i i i don't like being around people that make me feel um that where i don't feel comfortable and um yeah where there's that really like uh kind of like aggressive nervous energy like nervous not in like a someone's scared to perform but just like a like that kind of like I don't know something could go wrong kind of thing so i'm very i'm very careful with my my environment like who comes into my environment i guess and um but i'm also like you know quite political as well so i believe in giving people giving people a space and they can you know they can say stuff that i don't agree with that's fine um but i'll always be honest so honesty is really important to me and uh and respect as vague as that is and empathy and um, yeah, I I guess I'm probably missing a bunch of things but I think those are the most important things and
0: who is your hero?
1: when it comes to writing and being a comedian my two heroes would be Louis C.K. and Nikki Glazer. Uh, I think they are, yeah, they are. They are who I. Uh, that's the writing in inspires like that. That that makes me go, ah! I want to be the best comedian and like I want to. I want to write like that, and perform and, and perform like that. But like the writing is just, Mwah. um, yeah. I think those are my heroes in terms of um, comedy. And then, you know, and then there's lots of, like, other other people out there, like, musically, you know, there's um, – because I still make music and, and and that's important to me. So, you know, then there's sort of more musical heroes or um, – yeah. But they're kind of, like, there's lots of little ones. I don't have any any big, big people. But even then, like, Louis C.K. and Nikki Glaser, for example, you know, they – they don't reflect how I want to, yeah, they don't reflect how I want to exist in the world. They really just represent the, the peak of the art form for me. Okay.
0: And sort of two more questions. Uh, what, so if you saw a younger Anna Belos, and what, what would you say to her now?
1: How young? Uh,
0: just, just, just the younger one before you embarked on your journey in Germany.
1: What would I say to her? Poor. Oh, I would say to her, trust yourself. Okay.
0: What? What made you? Why? Why that?
1: I think. Um. Uh. I think our society <laughs> really doesn't instill um or encourage a sense of self-faith and i think that's the biggest like we're so programmed to be fearful and that stops so much creativity or just you know like joy um like joy motivated risk-taking so like you know i want to i want to draw oh but everything's going to look rubbish you know i want to make music oh but i'm going to sound bad you know like all of all of this risk aversion and just fear it's like yeah i think what i'd want to tell my younger self is like do everything that you enjoy only do what you enjoy and only be around people that make you feel good okay that's more it which the core of it is like trust your experience and and how you're feeling but it's like do what you enjoy only do what you enjoy and only be around people who make you feel good i think that's the that's it
0: oh okay that's that sounds good yeah. and um that just no i'm not gonna, i'll say it. that that just sounds like someone that sounds like someone who's who's who like you have sex with or something oh people who make you feel good yeah
1: well yeah for sure for sure but, <laughs> there, but they can be people that make you feel good that like uh that also make you feel like shit you know like i've like I had a great sex life with my ex-husband, but he, he knocked down my sense of self-confidence like you wouldn't believe. But, you know, there's like the two things, like, you know, you can, someone can make you feel physically good, but make you feel uh, like emotionally bad.
0: Yeah, so they got to meet both.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's gotta be a balance, yeah. What I'm gonna say to my, my child self is gonna become a whole, a whole book, really. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna write a book, send it to her back in time. Uh, good. Uh, yeah diary of and 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 beros
0: what was that the diary of anaberos
1: the diary of Anna beros yeah hopefully less tragic than the diary of anne frank <laughs>
0: now before we go um what would you like to plug on the podcast
1: I would like to plug my podcast called Adults Only Comedy Berlin, uh, which is, you know, very different content. To, to, it's all adults only uh, related topics with uh, me talking to other comedians in Berlin. Um, I also have my YouTube channel, which has got very little content on it, but uh, more and more is coming. Uh, Anna Barros. I'm also, I'm on TikTok uh, and Instagram as AF Baros.
0: Okay. Well, I hope you've had fun. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, everyone back home, if you're listening, uh, give us a five star review. Uh, share on Apple or Amazon. Share it with your friends. And I'll see you guys at the next episode. Anna, best wishes. Take care. Best Thank wishes. you,
1: Marvin.
0: And uh, see you later.